Hey guys, welcome back to Anchor and Devoted. I'm Pastor Jer. And I'm Pastor Joseph. That's my rocket sound. It's supposed to sound like a crowd, but I know it sounds more like a rocket. We're taking off. This is Anchored and Devoted. And what are we doing? Today, brother, thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, I was flirting with you a minute ago, and you were like, shut up, stop this foolishness, let's record this and capture it. So I don't know that I can actually bring, you know, the same heat, but um, I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm present. I'm ready to go. Because there are new People Christians. See you. That's, that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing my arms. I'm being very gesticulative. You. Did you forget it's a podcast? Like, sometimes when you're blind, like I am, oh my goodness, you want to do things just to make sure I'll that the rest of the world is not blind. This is Anchored and Devoted, where we do talk about scripture <laughs> at the end of the episode. Um. <laughs> All right, so we're getting into it today. We're in 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter 13. Open it up. No, we're not talking about no. well. I said We're it not wrong. talking about 13. Because <laughs> I said it wrong. You sure did. We're looking at 10, 13. 10, 13. 10, 13. Uh, so this is for the new believer. We're still, you know, sort of doing the promises of God. Um, and we're not doing, you know. And actually, before we get started here, Dave, I want to I touch back on last week's uh, episode when we okay. looked at 1 John 1, 9, and we went through mm-hmm. 2, 2. We ended up talking through most of that episode about confession, mm-hmm. which is awesome. It was a really good episode. Go back and listen mm-hmm. to it if you haven't already. This is of God. And the promise of that scripture is so stinking sweet. It is. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all oh, unrighteousness. I mean, that's huge. That's that is huge. So that's like the, that is, that's that's the cornerstone right there. That's the whole thing. That's the you know, Washington Monument. That's the Great Sphinx of Egypt. It's the thing that stands out and says, "All right, here's where you are." We have the hope that because we can trust God through confession, that He can take whatever it is and wipe that slate. That's amazing. We, I mean. I, I'll speak for myself here. I beat up pretty bad on, uh, especially church leaders doing confession poorly and doing accountability poorly. Uh, and as I was thinking about it later, which just to be blunt, later was a couple hours ago because we were recording. <laughs> well, you cut it out. Sort of back to back. <laughs> <laughs> which is why it's still fresh in my mind. Um, I missed over the promise. I gave it. I gave it short shrift. I was like, "Okay, cool. Let's talk about what we do. Confess, confess." I'm not. I did not spend the time just marveling. Oh no! I that promise. I love that Bible verse. It is one where once you get past the beginning and understand that that hurdle is very large in that if moment, um, but at the same time, it is very low because of grace. Um, it's just a question of will I let go of my pride? Yeah. The promise is spectacular. Yes, it is. All yes, unrighteousness. Is. That's like that's huge. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> yep. Whoa. That's incredible. What do you say after that? Where do you go after that? It, it's done. That's it. 
it's done. There it is. Yeah. So that's how we should have uh, ended the episode last Monday. Thank you for listening. Again, if you haven't already, go back and listen to it. But today, we just gave you a freebie. Wet your appetite, so to speak. Gave you a taste <laughs> of things to come. Still not a topic for today. But <laughs> so open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. No, 10. Chapter 10, verse 13. <laughs> no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Again, that's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Amen. You're saying I'm not special. I'm also saying you got to endure it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you went for the easy part. I tell you what, man, though, I having fun with this. I was, I was going to, I was going to jump in and say, stop right there when you got to, uh, no temptation has overcome you, except it's common to man. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, stop right there. It's like chop the verse right there. Can we call that period? And then that, uh, I think um, there's there's something in my heart when I look at the quote unquote trials I go through, the struggles, the things I face that mm-hmm. make me. You know, how, how am I going to define temptation here? The temptation for me is to put myself first, to put God second, to try to work for my ease and happiness. And then sort of underneath all that is to not trust God, to, the, to, to be tempted as Eve was to say, God doesn't really love you, Jer. God's not really going to get you here, Jer. He's not going to, he's not got you anymore. That's the temptation. And when I fall into that temptation, my natural response is to say, okay, well, if God doesn't have me, then someone better, someone better get big Jer. And so I grab the steering wheel and I grab the gear shifter and I start, you know, playing bumper cars on God's highway. That's, that's the temptation for me. And I, for myself, what, what I know is that when I run into that, it's easy for me to feel, to fall back on this, this self-congratulatory self-talk where I start telling myself that this is different. Uh, no, but this, this situation is different. Why am I not doing things the way God? Well, you don't understand. If you understood all the all the details here going into this, you'd understand, well, my story. Yes, I know God has told me to live faithfully and love my wife as Christ loved the church. But but you don't understand. Like if you had all the picture, if you had the all the pieces, you understand why that's just not gonna work. I know God's called me to be faithful here and to obey the elders that God's placed over me. But if you, if you, if you understood. All the dynamics here. There's a history, right? There's a history here. And if you got that, then you'd see that uh, I can only do this. God's mm-hmm. thing doesn't apply here. And I try to put myself into this category of unique. Like with this idea that if, if I'm unique, then, then there's an escape 
for me here. I can, I can say, well, this doesn't apply anymore to me. Okay. And that's what I love about the first part of this verse is it just totally kicks the, like the center tent pole out from that. So now you're not, you're not unique. You're not special. You're not dealing with something that no one's ever dealt with. You're not the first person to deal with this. You're not in a, in a, in a group of like 12 people who have only ever experienced this thing and it's totally new and no one understands it. You're just not. The temptations that face us, face all of us. Mm. Temptation to, to lust, pride, anger, mm. wrath, jealousy, thievery, covetousness. Pride, more pride. Mm-hmm. Other side of pride. Yep. With a pinch of greed. That's right. <laughs> we all face them. That that in and of itself, I think, is is necessary to grapple with. Because I think that Satan will very cunningly kind of come up to us in whatever situ- situation that we're in and start whispering to us about how just unfair it is and how unique this is and how unfair it is that we have to go through this because of how unique it is. And he can get us right there. Mm. If we fall prey to that, if we start thinking, yeah, this is, this is different. We're going we're gonna to immediately lower our wall. We're going to lower that boundary that says, no, I can trust God here. God's still faithful. Because, you know, and this, we, we continue going through the verse. But with it, with the temptation, God will provide a way of escape. So not only am I not unique, but every temptation that I'm going to face, every single one has at least the possibility that I can get through it without falling into sin. Mm. That's amazing. I don't feel that, you know, that's not my lived experience. I don't feel like, well, this temptation, yeah, I can mean, flip a coin, it'd go either way. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I'm honest, the pull, the pull of sin, the allurement of sin, the temptations I feel, they got some deep hooks, bro. I think I have some deep hooks in my soul and my heart and my flesh. I mean, God says, mm, no, no, I made it. I made it possible for you to escape that. I'm sorry, what? You did? Could, couldn't, couldn't you just have kept the temptations away from me in the first place? I think what scares me about that is the work it takes to stand against it. This reminds me of... Uh, Ephesians 6, talking about spiritual warfare. Also reminds me of James where he says, where does sin come from among you? Where do fights and quarrels come from among you? They come from your desires, which wage war inside of you. You want and don't have. You don't have and so you steal. You take it so you can spend it on yourself. This is where sin comes from. We have our desires. We want. We don't have. And so we start going out to take. And the hard part of that is stopping it at the desire level and saying, no, Yes, I have this desire. No, I'm not going to fulfill this desire. I'm not going to be ruled by this desire. Mm. And so Paul talks about when he talks about living in the flesh or being 
led by the Spirit. The man who is living in the Spirit puts to death the works done in the flesh, Paul tells us. That requires us, as Paul said in Ephesians 6, to stand our ground. Like these temptations don't fall over easily. They're going to press on us, and either we're going to stand up under it, or we're going to push back against it with our feet firmly planted in the promises of God. We're going to fall. But this scripture tells us God has made it so that if we stand on his promises, we can overcome. If we walk under the rule of his Holy Spirit, if we're walking through the power given to us through the Holy Spirit, we can escape this as Joseph did when he beat feet out of Pharaoh or Potiphar's bedroom, leaving his cloak behind. And looking at that example, I think one of the issues for most of us is that um, the sin is attractive. The sin can be rationalized, or the sin is something we actually desire. Yeah. Whether it's in the case of Joseph, relationship or connection or a sense of power, whatever that could have been in his head, that often would have been placed before God. Um, and as we see in the story of Joseph, we see that there was a way out, but it would require him to change direction, to yeah. look for an escape, and then move in that direction. Oh, I mean, that's that's a lot of um, that's a lot of closeness with God that's required to have that clarity of mind. Right. When for many, um, and I include myself in this, for many. Um, as you stated, the sin is almost historical. <laughs> or um, It's a lot you know. of decision points. Correct. Right? Like temptation is one thing where it's, it's all about what I desire. The thing that stands against what I desire are my decisions. And like you said, he's got to decide to change directions. He's got to decide to make the motion. He's got to decide to do it. And that's, we only do that if there's a compelling a beautiful reason to do that. We talked to John the other day about the beauty of Jesus. I, th- I think when, when Joseph was there being seduced by Potiphar's wife, his response, how could I do this and commit the sin against God? Mm-hmm. He was drawn to the beauty of God. That's what I said. That, that, that standard of relationship where He's even a thought. Yep. Um, we look at Adam and Eve, who were in continual relationship with God. And I'm not saying he wasn't a thought. We just don't see it in the text. There is no pause of, hey, we should double check what this talking snake with legs is saying. Right. Um, Got to be here in a few moments. Let's double check with him. He's the creator. He's the guy in charge. Let's ask him. Did he say? You know, I forgot. I wasn't paying attention. That zebra walked by and it was talking to like the snake or something else weird. Mm-hmm. And I was distracted. Instead of going to the father and asking and engaging or having that freedom that we see in the garden, we see them take it upon themselves to make the decision that this is good to eat. And Joseph could have said, this woman is whatever. Again, rationally. He could have lied to himself and made it his truth that this was a means that was okay. Um, we, we see David on the roof of Bathsheba 
and know that he's in the wrong place. And we know even more so that when he's set up Bathsheba's husband to die, again, there are many steps in between this that took place where he had the ability to endure what was in front of him without taking the lower road. Um, and I think for us often we are so free to forgive ourselves, so quick to forgive ourselves, that we're easy to sin knowing that we are forgiven. And yet we do not forgive others like we've been forgiven. We also don't challenge temptation by recognizing that part of the enduring in it, during it, is walking away from it. Um, or running away. Correct. It is. Yeah, I'm curious. It can't be that bad. Yeah, I 
that are obvious, and then there's compensations that are not. These are red. They're powerful. And so we should be on alert. They're in front of us, they're around us. And we need to resist them, whether it's through fasting, through pulled back, and a few things.